As Pastor Andy already mentioned, we are in our fifth week of Lent, and it's also our fifth week in the sermon series, Seven Words, Listening to Christ from the Cross by Susan Robb. This first word, fifth word that was spoken while Jesus was on the cross consists of only three words, I am thirsty. And some Bible translations simply say, I thirst. When we look at the seven words Jesus spoke from the cross, we notice that the first four were for others. Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they are doing. And that was really spoken to all of us. And then to the thief beside him, he said, I assure you, today you will be with me in paradise. And then, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Directed to his heavenly father. And then, dear woman, Mary, here is your son. And to John, here is your mother. The last three words from the cross are focused on Jesus himself. I am thirsty. Father, I entrust my spirit into your hands. And lastly, it is finished. The last words are focused in the, are all mentioned um, when you put all the gospels together, but none of them, none of the seven are in any single one of the gospels. So the title of this message is, Are You Thirsty? Are you thirsty? Sometimes just thinking about it makes you thirsty. All of a sudden, mm, yeah, I'm thirsty. I remember when I was teaching years ago that um, periodically the township would flush the systems. And so the school would be without water for a couple hours. And whenever I told the class, okay, there's not gonna be any water for a while, immediately there was a line at the drinking fountain and in the bathrooms. Suggestion is a powerful thing, right? Water is a basic need. It's probably the most important need of our bodies. And it's one of the first supplies that are given to people who are, uh, have lost their home for whatever reason or are displaced. Water is essential to life. Jesus was fully human on the cross. He knew the agony of thirst. Jesus knew his mission was now finished. And one of the reasons why he said, I am thirsty, was because it was fulfilling scripture, Psalm 69, verse 21, which says, but instead they give me poison for food. They offer me sour wine for my thirst. When Jesus said, I am thirsty, they soaked a sponge in a jar of sour wine, which was setting there, put it on a hyssop branch, and held it up to his lips. The pain was extreme, but Jesus refused the wine offered him on the cross. Rob shares that Matthew and Mark record that Jesus is offered wine mixed with myrrh or gall, but that he refuses to drink it. Some suggest that the myrrh or gall added to the wine might have acted as an anesthetic or poison to help uh, re relieve Jesus' pain or hasten his death. Jesus refused to be anesthetized as he drinks from the figurative cup, 
from which he previously had asked to be delivered. Jesus faces his death and the sinfulness of humanity with eyes wide open and fully awake. Thirst is a common feeling among people who are dying of injuries or loss of blood. In expressing his thirst, Jesus is experiencing a physical death on human terms. He is showing that he is one of us. Commentator William Barclay wrote, if he was ever to redeem humanity, he must become human. Jesus had to become what we are in order to make us who he is. That's why John stresses the fact that Jesus felt thirst. He wished to show that he was really human and really underwent the agony of the cross. Jesus was physically thirsty, but at the same time, being separated from God, he was also spiritually thirsty. He may have been thinking about Psalm 42, verses 1 and 2. As the deer longs for streams of water, so I long for you, O God. I thirst for God, the living God. When can I go and be standing before him? Barclay continues, but equally he brings us face to face with the triumph of Jesus. When we compare the four Gospels, we find a most illuminating thing. The other three do not tell us that Jesus said it is finished. But they do tell us that Jesus said he died with a great shout upon his lips. On the other hand, John does not speak of a great cry, but does say that Jesus' last words were, it is finished. And the explanation is that the great shout and the words, it is finished, are one and the same thing. It is finished is one word in Greek, tetelestai. And Jesus died with a shout of triumph on his lips. He did not say, it is finished in weary defeat. But he said it is one who shouts for joy because the victory is won. He seemed to be broken on the cross, but he knew the victory was won. It is finished. The strife was over and the battle was won. He was able to die content and in peace. The question for you to ponder today is, what are you thirsting for most at this time of your life? Do you long for more time with your family or a loved one? Do you long for a better marriage, better health, more money, peace on earth, a home, or children, or maybe grandchildren? The list of things we are thirsty for is endless, it seems. Many today are thirsty for freedom from oppression or from prejudice. Others are hungry or homeless, thirsty for uh, getting over an illness or just being in a time of grief, for better government, for so much more. Some people feel parched because they are not valued or appreciated, and others are thirsty for freedom from sin or possible addictions. Many are thirsty for Christ without even knowing that he is what they are missing in their lives. 
Advertisements tell us that everything from cars to toothpaste, from clothing to credit cards, any number of things will satisfy our lives and make everything better. You and I know that nothing can ever fully quench our thirst except for Christ alone. In Isaiah 55 verses 1 and 2a it says, Is anyone thirsty? Come and drink. Even if you have no money, come, take your choice of wine or milk. It's all free. Why spend your money on food that does not give you strength? Why pay for food that does you no good? Rob reminds us that John Wesley called this kind of quenching, this kind of work of the Holy Spirit, sanctification. Being perfected in love as Christ's Spirit works within us transforming us as we become more and more like Christ. The Holy Spirit's work is to make us thirsty for what God wants in the world and to offer us the abundant life that only the relationship we have with God through Jesus Christ can satisfy, a life of God and neighbor. When we love others as Jesus loves us, that love pours from his heart into ours and then out to a thirsty world. Susan Robb wrote these words of wisdom. To know we are loved and valued. Isn't that what all of us want most of all in life? To know love, to be loved, and to love others is the greatest need and purpose in life. That was the heart of Jesus' ministry. John 13, 34 says, So now I am giving you a new commandment. Love each other just as I loved you. Have that love for each other. There's no greater love than the love of God for us in giving us his son. And no greater love than Jesus giving his very life for us, which was and ever will be the greatest sacrifice ever made. Jesus got hungry and tired. He experienced pain, laughter, joy, love, sadness, anger, and even a sense of fear as he prayed fervently in the Garden of Gethsemane when he asked for the cup to be removed. But he also prayed in obedience to his father when he said, not my will, but thine be done. Jesus experienced all the emotions and physical pains that we do. He may have been able to perform miracles, but while he was here on earth, he was fully human. Susan Robb wrote, so as you bear your crosses in life, know that when you lift your heart and voice to Jesus, not only are you praying to the divine one who is all-knowing, you are also praying to the human Jesus who understands everything you are encountering because he experienced it before you. And because you are his child, he experiences it with you. You are not alone. Jesus poured his life out for us what are you thirsty for that cannot be satisfied by ordinary water or something else that money cannot buy? In addition to satisfying ourselves, 
Where are we being called out to pour into others? Who needs to know about living water? And who needs us to treat them as, as though their lives matter and give them the gift of hope? What can we do as individuals and as the church to help quench the thirst of those who need someone to love them and care for them? Susan Robb wrote, May we thirst with them and with all who find themselves longing to be loved and valued as God values them. May all of our actions offer cool water for their parched places. May we remember and live out what the teacher taught us. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. In pouring ourselves out for others who are thirsty, we find that our own thirst is relieved. She concludes by saying, it's the giving of ourselves that we find the greatest gift of all. When we pour ourselves out on behalf of others, we find ourselves perpetually filled with the water that never leaves us thirsty again. Jesus tells us on several occasions the importance of thirsting for him most of all. Jesus was hungering spiritually as well as physically. When was the last time that you had a true hunger for thirst and thirst for God? That's what Jesus desires the most from us all. Listen to a few verses where we hear how important it is to be spiritually hungry. John 4, 13 and 14, when he was speaking at the well, Jesus replied, people soon become thirsty again after drinking this water, but the water I give them takes away their thirst altogether. It becomes a perpetual spring within them, giving them eternal life. John 6:35. no one who comes to me will ever be hungry again. Those who believe in me will never thirst. John 7, 37, 38. On the last day, the climax of the festival, Jesus stood and shouted to the crowds, if you are thirsty, come to me. If you believe in me, come and drink. For the scriptures declare that rivers of living water will flow out from within. And when Jesus was talking about living water, he was talking about the Holy Spirit. To hunger and thirst for God is linked to our growing spiritually and to our salvation. To be a true disciple of Jesus means that we desire him, that we hunger and thirst for God above all things. We have the gift of being able to partake in the sacrament of Holy Communion this morning. During the liturgy, you will hear the words spoken by Jesus. Drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Jesus was thirsty physically and spiritually. So are we. As you come to the table this morning, receive the gift of love that Christ poured out for you and continues to pour into you. When we drink deeply from the living water that Jesus offers, it not only satisfies us, it transforms us and empowers us to be for others what Jesus is. 
for us. May we open our hearts to the working of the Holy Spirit so that we may be so overflowing with the love of Christ that we cannot contain it within ourselves. May we be like springs that gush forth others to refresh others in hope and to quench the thirst of those around us. This is the gospel of our Lord. Amen.